Dark Winter Nights True Stories from Alaska is produced with support from the University of Alaska Fairbanks Communication and Journalism Department. UAF Kojo, tell great stories. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to grow weary of talking about what a dumpster fire things seem to be in the world right now. I'm even tired of the term dumpster fire. The Dark Winter Nights team is actually celebrating a bit at the moment because the New York Times included us in their list of the best winter podcasts. That was a real shocker since I'm <laughs> still recording these narrations under a blanket on my bed and I'm not sure my own mother listens to the show. Hey mom, text me if you heard this. If you didn't, you'll be getting a noticeably chilly Mother's Day card this year. Anyway, in today's episode of Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, I want to provide you with a little escape from the woes of the world with an encore presentation of the one time I actually got off my duff and did some exclusive investigative reporting for this show. So, for the next 28 minutes, enjoy a little break from reality with one of my favorite episodes from the Dark Winter Nights archives. In this special investigative report edition of Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, we uncover an epidemic affecting dozens and dozens of mostly innocent children in Fairbanks and countless more children in northern countries. They'll generally come in holding their tongue <laughs> or with their tongue sticking out like, ah, help me. <laughs> Children getting their tongues stuck to metal things in winter. Up next on Dark Winter Nights. True stories from Alaska. Hmm, that's a little wordy and lacks dramatic punch. Frozen Tongues of Death, up next on... No, hmm, how would Dateline do this? Is your child safe on the playground? Tongue Terror, up next on Dark Winter Nights. True stories from Alaska. I'm Rob Prince. Yeah, that's good. A few years ago, a Fairbanks friend of mine posted on Facebook about her daughter getting her tongue stuck to a pole during recess. Frankly, I was shocked to hear about it because I thought American society had been collectively immunized from this phenomenon thanks to the 1983 Christmas film classic A Christmas Story in which Scott Schwartz puts his tongue on a flagpole on a dare and it sticks. Well, go on, smartass, and do it. I'm going, I'm going. Flick's spine stiffened, his lips curled in a defiant sneer. There was no going back now. This is next. This led me to wonder if my friend's experience was an outlier, or if this really is a thing. To find out, I started inquiring with other children here in Fairbanks. To my amazement, my own daughter told me she had done it when she was in kindergarten and never told me about it. She declined to be interviewed for this story, but I did find a classmate of hers who was willing to share her own harrowing story. And by the way, children, if you are listening to this story with your parents in the room, now might be a good time to suggest they go pay some bills or something, as this story may not be appropriate for sensitive parents. Here's Ava Tilly. 
In preschool, my friends and I went out for recess after nap time, and it was in the winter. They used to have yellow fence posts there, and I used to really like popsicles, but now I don't. Anyway, one day I yelled to all my friends, Popsicles! <laughs> and, my and my friends and I licked the posts, but our tongues didn't come off. <laughs> we tried ourselves. We tried pulling our tongues, and that didn't work. We tried warming up the poles, and that didn't work. So we tried yelling for help, but it it came out more like pulp, pulp, <laughs> because my tongue was frozen. <laughs> Luckily, the teacher heard us and warmed up the poles and pulled us one by one. <laughs> Finally, we came off and went inside. We also got to see the nurse that day. <laughs> then our parents came, and I went home. Thank you. Out of applause. Don't go anywhere. So, how many, how many kids were you? Just you saw these poles and you just thought pop. Did they look like popsicles? Kind of, because they were yellow and they had frost around them. Okay. And those were the ones which kind of looked like the ones at home. So, I thought that they were popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> and they just looked delicious, huh? Kind of. <laughs> So how many of your friends did you convince to go stick their tongues on these um, things? About four. <laughs> there were five of you all stuck at the same time? Basically. <laughs> that must have been a rough day for your teacher. I can just see her coming out. It was a woman. I can see her coming out and seeing five kids flailing their arms, and it was all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take? Do you remember? I mean, was it a while before she could get all your tongues off? No, not really. We tried for about five minutes to get our tongues <laughs> off ourselves. And then we yelled pulp, and then she came. And then she got us off pretty quick, though. She's probably kind of an expert at this by now, would you say? She yeah. had been doing that for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's too good. Thank you. All right. Round of applause again. Whew. Ava Tilly. Clearly kids getting their tongues stuck to metal things in winter is way more common than I thought, but how common is it really? To get a better picture of this unspoken epidemic, I met up with University Park Elementary School nurse Sharon Baring and asked her how many times this happens in a typical winter. So I'll usually see a few first thing in the winter and, and then it'll die, die down and it won't happen again. I think enough kids... <laughs> 
it, I mean, it hurts. You can imagine, you know, it, and, and the idea of keeping your tongue stuck there while somebody gets a glass of warm water is, <laughs> is just the opposite of what you want to do. So invariably, they've ripped a certain amount of the top layer of their skin off, and it hurts, and it might bleed a little bit, and it certainly burns, and everybody's eyes are wide open, like, wow, I don't know that I want to try that one. Um, so usually it quiets down after the first few in the fall. But then we'll have kids that transfer in from lower 48 and they've never experienced snow and they've never experienced cold. And they'll do things like um, go to the bathroom, wash their hands, go back outside, grab a, you know, something cold, metal that's cold and it'll, one, it'll burn them and two, their hands will stick or, you know, that kind of stuff. Or I'll see a little flurry of them when the teachers have read a particular book where that's been discussed and they all have talked about it that this is not a, is this a good idea no this is not a good idea but invariably somebody is an experimental learner and they have to figure it out themselves i think it's natural curiosity i mean and it, it's not it has some painful consequences I and mean, certainly i did it when i was a kid and even though i you did it oh you bet i remember vividly i remember the doorknob tell me about that <laughs> no, how old I was, were you i was probably the same age as these kids five five or six and, and i had to you know i had i knew full well that it was not a good idea that i knew what was going to happen and i just had to test it for myself you know, I think it's a natural, I think it's a good sign to be curious. It's just that sometimes, um, you know, it can hurt. That's not, fortunately it's the tongue and it usually heals up pretty quickly. So how did it end up for you? How did you get eventually get, because you're, you're not currently stuck to that doorknob. How did, how did you get your <laughs> Oh, I ripped off? the top layer of my skin off. Oh. No, it hurt. It hurt. And that's good enough, you know, lesson right there that I don't want to do that one again. I don't get kids doing it a second time. But every once in a while, there is somebody that does have to do it a second time. Just, oh, my goodness. Just because maybe that last time was a fluke. I don't know. But, yeah. Wow. So you get repeat offenders. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. Oh, my yep. goodness. Now, you went through nursing school, yep. I presume. Yeah. Do they train you at all about how to remove a child's tongue from something metal? And is this something you are officially schooled in? Oh, man. Yo, what, where did my training come from? I don't even know. I don't know. I mean, certainly I was trained up here in Alaska, but no, this is not something that comes up. So how do you treat this? Is I mean, so my... I, I didn't do this because I watched a movie called A Christmas Story. Right. Where that is a very yep. key scene yep. in which the boy is dared to put his tongue to the flagpole and he does it and it sticks. And when he comes in, he has bandages wrapped around his tongue. Is that practical? No, do no. you actually how do you actually treat this when it happens? Yeah. So yeah, I remember that movie and I remember watching it with other people and you could hear the groans of familiarity among the adults <laughs> in the group. It's like, oh man, yeah, I've done that one. Not gonna do that one again. <laughs> 
No, I mean, fortunately, the tongue is used to being hurt. You know, we uh -huh. burn it on pizza. We, you know, we, we bite it. We bite it. Yeah. It heals incredibly quickly. And these young growing bodies, it's amazing how quickly they heal. So yeah, it hurts a little bit. It bur it might bleed a little bit. Um, it burns for a few hours, but it's pretty well healed over pretty quickly. You can deal with it a couple ways if you don't want to take the top layer of your skin off, which is usually what happens. People stick and then they immediately pull back, and that's and their their skin stays where on the metal. Oh. But no, if they can hang in there and somebody <laughs> can go grab some warm water, then you can pour the warm water on the metal and that warms it up so that it'll release. Um, it'll still hurt a little bit, but the, their tongue will usually come back intact. Okay. Um, or you can also just breathe on it. Our, and our breath is nice and warm. And if you breathe on it without sticking your lips to it as well. Say, it get even more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can sometimes release that way, but you know it's that you can imagine it's not your instinct. Something's cold and frozen, and it's burning you. I mean, literally, that's what happens. It is hurts it burns. while your tongue is on the pole. Sure, because yeah, you're sure. sort of getting like you're starting to get well, sort of like touching anything cold would hurt, mm -hmm. especially on something so sensitive yeah. as your tongue. So basically, your tongue is like you know, sort of approaching, uh, is it approaching frostbite? Probably not that bad, but that's, it's that, that cold, kind it just didn't cross nip, my mind that yeah. it would hurt Yeah. while you were doing it too. So, well, a lot of, I mean, a lot of the metal in the wintertime here is pretty darn cold. Mm -hmm. It's very cold. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if your, your skin is um, affected by something that's too hot or something that's too cold. Cell death is cell death, and it hurts. Mm -hmm. And when things are, when you know, you're being burned by either too cold or you're being burned by something too, or too hot or something too cold. So, yeah, it hurts. So the the procedure is to pour warm water over it while the kid is presumably freaking out pretty solidly right at that. <laughs> time the girl i interviewed said they poured really hot water on her tongue so it's, it's burning water i think is what she said so it was just like well, you can one version of torture after another yeah anything would feel like it's burning um, yeah mm -hmm. it doesn't feel good do you have any specific stories without naming names of of situations you can recall where this has happened and, and sort of what how does it start how does this whole thing yeah. how do you get notified well i think of i think of the repeat the repeat kiddo who came from another a, a warm climate and didn't um, you know had not experienced snow before and and took you know a pretty good side of the tongue off you know and and a couple months later discovered he, I mean he came in again and this time he was <laughs> He was a little chagrined and tried to, oh, I was just swinging and I just happened to bunk my tongue on the, you know, on the chain or something like that. I mean, it was, swinging with his tongue just wildly flapping. That's, that's like, uh-huh, okay. So he so got a caught on the swing set, on the swings? Apparently so, on the swing chain. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, you know who oh. knows if it if it was an intentional or not, but it was a repeat, and it was only a couple months after the first one. So, and somebody that certainly old enough to know better. 
And when's yeah. the last time it happened here? Oh, um, it was before the real cold snap. A couple weeks, three weeks ago. Wow. A new student, you know, new to the country, new to snow. Huh. Curious. How many would you say you get in a year if you were just a ballpark? Oh, maybe five, six. Wow. Five, six, yeah. Something, you know. Every year. Four to, four to six, something like that. <laughs> I probably had five this year. Oh, my goodness. Four to six children per year times 24 elementary schools plus who knows how many preschools times however many children in northern climates across the world comes to about 1.4 billion students every year times the number of years since metal flagpoles were invented means 4.7 trillion children affected over the course of history by frozen tongue phenomenon. That's more than twice the number who have plants growing out of their ears because they unwisely stuck a bean up their nose. How many more children have to suffer before the government mandates that all elementary school flagpoles be posted with stern warnings from the Surgeon General? Really, how many? There was another story that was just really sweet. It was so sweet. So an, a kiddo came in like a month or so ago. <laughs> you know, the side of his tongue. <laughs> That's how they all come And I happened to have another kiddo in my office that was like third grade, who I know for a fact did the same thing <laughs> a couple years ago. And his eyes were really big, and he was like, oh, no, you know, it's okay. It's going to get a lot better. And he just took care of this little one. It was oh, incredibly wow. sweet. It was incredibly sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember when I did that. Right? <laughs> and, you know, if you just hold that paper on there for a long, you know, it'll stop hurting. And then it didn't even hurt by dinner time. <laughs> nice. It's one, very sweet. One victim consoling another. It, it was very sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. it really is an interesting, an interestingly unfortunate way to hurt yourself because you can't move. You're in pain, you can't move, you can't really call for help, and you can't really explain what happened after, after it's happened. <laughs> you're, you've lost his ability to talk. But fortunately, you've seen it enough that just, uh, hey, hey, and you kind of be like, okay, I got it. <laughs> exactly it. Since there's so other, so uh, such a few number of ways in which you can injure your tongue in that way, <laughs> probably was sticking it to something cold. This is pretty low-scale injury, right? And there are some people, there are some kids that really need to learn for themselves. They can't read it in a book. They can't watch somebody else. And, you know, to a certain extent, there's a lot of learning that can come from just somebody else doing it, and you're standing by and you're going, whoa, I don't think I want to do that one. But there are some that just have to do it themselves. And my gosh, it's important to have these baby step injuries, you know, to be growing and developing from. Because we all know that things scale up. The, in, the, the severity of the injury scales up also as we get older. So the more experience we have of, man, when I do this, ouch, that hurts. I don't know that I want to do that one again. Um, that's important learning. And kids don't necessarily get that. If they're, if they're not experiencing life, if they're experiencing life virtually, they don't get the same feedback as when, um, as when they're doing it themselves. Kids that come to school and they, they reenact 
um, some of these really violent video games that they're watching. And I mean, I've had kids, you know, wallop one another outside the head or whatever, and they go, man, that really hurt. And it's like, and you thought otherwise. Of course they thought otherwise if they've never experienced it before. If, if, if it doesn't hurt when they're watching it on a video screen. So yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing for these guys to experience a little pain from curiosity at a young age, at a low intensity, because that's important learning. Sharon Baring, school nurse at University Park Elementary School in Fairbanks, Alaska, and one of the many post-traumatic tongue terror treatment experts serving the children of Fairbanks who just have to learn by trying. This is Dark Winter Nights, true stories from Alaska, the tongue terror episode. I'm Rob Prince. In order to experience firsthand exactly how bad it is to get your tongue stuck to metal in winter, I decided to take one for the team and try it out for myself. I could have done this experiment somewhere private, so as to reduce the embarrassment factor, but instead I opted to do it at work in one of the most visible spots on the University of Alaska Fairbanks campus. I brought along my friend, Jason Lazarus, and I use the term friend pretty loosely here, to film the process and ultimately free me after I got stuck. In retrospect, he did seem a little too eager to help me with this experiment. By the way, to any other adults who are listening, do not try this at home. It will undermine the years you have spent trying to build credibility with your children. To any children who are listening, absolutely do not try this yourself because, yeah, what's the point? We all know you're going to do it anyway. I really hope this is enough water. Because if it's not, <laughs> you're gonna have to run in, <laughs> get more. <laughs> Heat it up while I'm waiting outside in a not very happy mood. <clears throat> okay, so what we're trying to do here is. Look at him. Oh, you want to go the other way? Yes. All right. So I guess we should go upstairs. But no, wait, 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 wait. You want to do flagpole because there's more people who'll see out there. Probably. The flagpole is the quintessential tool for getting your tongue stuck in the winter, though. There. All right. <laughs> Look at all these offices. <laughs> oh, man. There seem to be a lot of people around here. More. It looks like a class might have just gotten out. I don't yeah, let's get this done. Are you serious? Yeah. In front of all these people? Come on. All right, so what we're doing now is, uh, as an inquisitive journalist here, I'm, uh, I'm going to test out the, the experience of having your tongue stuck to something metal in winter to see what this really feels like. Before doing this, I'm experiencing a range of emotions. The, <laughs> the most prominent is probably embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, well, you know how it feels being around you all the time. The second is I'm not a big fan of intentionally inflicting pain upon myself, so uh, I'm also a little reticent about the injury that I may sustain after this. Although, from what I understand, if I remain calm and and wait for you to pour the warm water, I won't be too hurt. 
but I do have to do a speech tonight, so this yeah. may not be the best timing. Are you ready for this? Yeah. You're gonna have to get close. I want a nice close shot. All right. All right, nobody's looking. You ready? Holy cow! <laughs> that really works. And it works well. That's amazing. My tongue is like numb, like I just ate something really hot right now. And you, my friend, really milked that a little longer than I wanted you to. Yeah, yeah. My tongue does feel a little bit numb. It's surprising how little water we had to use for that. Just a yeah. tiny bit. Got it done. And there you go. Another uh, monumental moment in journalism history brought to you by the UAF Journalism Department and its esteemed chair, Robert Prince. I should clarify that since we recorded that segment, I stopped being department chair of the journalism department. I'm mostly sure it wasn't because of this experiment. Mostly. Much thanks to my friend Jason Lazarus for always being there for me. If you'd like to see the video of our little experiment, email me at rob.prince at alaska.edu, along with where you listen to the show. If enough people email me, I'll consider posting it on our website. Finally, here's one last cautionary tale from Dark Winter Nights storyteller Sophie Henry. Sophie is a graduate of the Dark Winter Nights Kids Storytelling Camp and shared this story at her November 2015 live event in Fairbanks. Here's Sophie Henry. So one cold winter day, I was at preschool and it was time for recess. So I went out to recess and I played with my friends for a little while. And after I did that, I saw a metal pole sticking out of the ground. Now, I was only three or four, so I wasn't super smart. And, and I thought, hmm, I wonder how that pole tastes. So I walked up to the pole and literally stuck my tongue onto it. Um, now, the pole was cold, so I tried to take my head off of it, but my tongue was stuck to the pole. And so I tried to call some of my friends over to help me get my tongue off the pole, so like this. Help, my tongue stuck to a pole, come help me. But my friend didn't notice because she was playing with someone. And even if she did notice, I was talking kind of funny, so she probably wouldn't have understood me. So finally recess was over and everyone started heading inside. And in my head I was like, Really, guys, you're leaving me out here with my tongue stuck to a pole? So everyone went inside, and I kept going, waving my arms like this, hoping someone would notice me. And finally, a girl noticed me, and she told the teacher. So the teacher came out with a cup of warm water and poured it on my tongue, and my tongue got freed. So that, that day, I went home, and 
I looked at my tongue and part of it was kind of like peeled off and bloody and hurt a little bit, but after a few days, it went away. And the lesson I learned from that was not to stick your tongue to a pole in the winter. <laughs> Thank you. Sophie Henry. She shared that story at our November 2015 live event in Fairbanks. Thanks for listening to Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, the Tongue Terror episode. Today's episode was produced and edited by myself, Rob Prince. Story consultation by Lori Neufeld. Sophie Henry's audio recording was by John Huff of Alaska Universal Productions. And again, we want to thank the New York Times for listing Dark Winter Nights among its picks for the best winter podcasts. That will be a huge help in our ongoing mission to share the real Alaska with the world. And we want to welcome all of the new listeners who discovered us thanks to that article. Shoot me a message from our website, darkwinternights.com. We'd love to hear from you and find out where you're listening from. And we may even have a little something for you if you want it. Remember, these are stories of Chelsea in Alaska and Black Lunar Nights. I'm Bob Pence.